Welcome to the Launch University Podcast, turning good intentions into reality in your career, business, and life. Here's your host, Kevin Jennings. All right, so welcome to Launch University. This is Kevin Jennings, and I have the other co-founder and mentor on the team, Jeff Henderson, with me. Kev, it's great to see you. We got a really special guest, uh, one of my favorite people on the planet. Ditto. Same here, my friend. Joseph Sojourner. Hey. Hey, guys. So for, for those who don't know, Joseph, we're, I'm going to do the the official. Now don't do too much. I, 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 I know. I know. You know me. I will go crazy. Um, you can't oversell Joseph, though. It's just, oh, he's just too much. There it is. There it is. Uh, Joseph is a communicator. Um, he is an entrepreneur. He is a rapper. Um, he is a, a leader of students and, and a mentor to other leaders. Um, I've seen him do work with camps like Big Stuff, obviously, and, and work with Orange, an organization that I work with uh, every day, helping us think about how we influence the next generation. I know he's worked with Jeff at North Point. He was a preacher uh, for us at Gwinnett Church, absolutely crushed us in the, in the early days, and so mm. just a phenomenal communicator. Thanks. Yeah, well... And one of, the things that, one of the things that really jumps out to me while we have him here on the podcast today is because over the past few years, I mean, obviously, I've, I've been in Atlanta for four years, and Joseph and I have developed a friendship over that time. And one of the things I got to witness firsthand was his transition, Jeff did as well, from being on staff full-time at a church um, where where Jeff and Joseph were together, and transitioned out to being a, an entrepreneur, working for himself, but also building a career as a rapper and a consultant. For, uh, and a creative strategist for a lot of the organi- organizations in the community. And I feel that's been really fascinating to watch a, a friend of mine say, I'm passionate about this. I have a great job that I'm excelling at, that I'm, you know, that I'm getting opportunities to continue to grow with, but I feel like I have to step out and do this on my own, even when it looks crazy to everybody else around me. Um, and so, Joseph, we just thought you have a lot of insight. We know you're wise, and we want to say, hey, how can we help other people turn their passions into a profession. I'm pretty excited to talk about that. Yeah, man. So just, if you don't mind, just uh, tell us a little about your story and, and really just how you even discovered the passions you have. Yeah, so uh, I was born and raised in Akron, Ohio, and uh, kind of grew up in the church, uh, but also did some sports and some theater, did that all the way through college. And so right when I graduated, I had a media degree, and then I also had a minor in theater. And I remember thinking, what am I going to do with this? Uh, I want to make sure I have something of purpose. I want to do something of purpose. And so uh, I knew Akron. Ohio didn't have the space to, to do much uh, other than the kind of a nine to five job. And so I told my mom, I said, I got to I got to head out. I got to figure out what my destiny is. And so ended up choosing Atlanta, Georgia, uh, because I was asked to do a couple rap shows down here Two actually. And the second time I came down, I thought this is just a place. This is the city I love. I think it might have been the soul food. I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, so I moved down and I thought this is the moment I'm going to just jump right into everything. It's going to work out. And I ended up working at a hospital for four years. Hmm. Uh, I was a housekeeper. Wow. I had a degree. And so I'm just thinking, what am I doing? Housekeeper for four years, cleaning up. I tell people that's where I got my heart for people at. I think you see people at their worst every single day. Hmm. And and you're realizing uh, when there's a successful person who health is stripped away, that even they might have judged you when they were at their best, uh, even though they might have, have looked at you and critiqued you and thought that you were less than, after after a week by themselves or a month by themselves, they begin to, to need people. They begin to need people just like you. And so I began to have conversations with people who I knew might not have liked me on day one, but for some reason really liked me on day 30. And I re- that was where I began to believe that everyone at their core is good once you strip away all the other mess that kind of gets in our way. That'll so, preach right there. Come on. <laughs> Mic drop. That's 
Because I think what you're talking about, I often tell people, Joseph, that the pathway to your dream job leads through your day job. Yeah, So true. you're you're a housekeeper, you're working at the... And working now, at the hospital. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. You're working in the hospital, but and people could get so frustrated with that going, yeah. you know, God, where are you? And what am I doing? Yep. But you were faithful in those moments. Yep. And somebody said, if you're faithful in the little things, you'll be faithful in the big it's things. It's true. It's true. I see. He's been good to me in that. And and I volunteered all throughout those four years in doing that at a church called North Point in Alpharetta, Georgia. And uh, I was serving. I, I essentially just said, hey, this may be my path, my destiny. I'm going to make the most of it. And then uh, I was asked by a guy that worked at North Point, would you want to interview. And so 12 interviews later, uh, I was asked to go on staff. And from there, uh, it was, it's been pretty exciting. I think I wrestled a lot uh, with what in the world uh, God was doing with me in that season. And it was so exciting to see that he began to open doors, uh, pull back a lot of my history as far as with theater and media, uh, and begin to kind of create in the church. Now, mind you, I grew up in a small town. So I'd never even seen a media-driven church at all. So now all of a sudden, I, I can create positive messaging through video and through music and through experiences and design. And it it changed my entire world. And so uh, began to launch um, kind of these new passions and dreams, or rekindle, I should say, these new passions and dreams again. And so I did that for multiple years. I mean, uh, five, five years there in the church before really beginning to feel the heartbeat and God beginning to whisper saying, hey, maybe there's even more. And so uh, it was crazy. Right after I left, I remember telling Jeff, because, uh, you know, my mom, she didn't understand what was going on. She said, you got down there and I feel like you keep changing. And I'm like, no, no, no I'm, I'm just trying to figure this out. And I, I was sitting with Jeff and I, I was saying, I'm an oddball. I'm an oddball. I don't understand why I'm an oddball. And I'll never forget. He told me, you need to stop calling yourself an oddball. And I remember I got home that night and I journaled and I said, I don't know why he's saying that because I still feel like an oddball. But I began, uh, but I began to say, maybe I'll stop saying that because maybe I'm not so odd. And I had one more mentor, Brad Lominick, uh, uh, incredible author, hungry, humble hustle. And I sat down with him and I told him what Jeff said. I said, he said, I'm not an oddball, but I still feel like an oddball. And he said, you know what? You can, you can live life by your own rules, that you don't have to do one job. You can do multiple jobs. You just mm-hmm. have to figure out how to do it. It's not odd at all. Mm-hmm. It's you. Mm-hmm. And so that was when I really began to step into my calling and say, you know what? Maybe I'm not meant to just do one job. And I can figure this out. It might be hard. It might be difficult. It might be seasons where I feel like, oh, no, but... Uh, I was determined at that moment to say, I'm going to figure out how to be uh, a professional millennial, I guess, so to say. That's, like, <laughs> that's not an oxymoron, right? Professional Absolutely millennial. Not. Okay, I, I say on. that as, as, yeah. the, as the non-millennial in this, <laughs> there in this it podcast. Is. But I would say, too, what Joseph's talking about is the freedom to check more than one career box. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. You, Absolutely. You can actually do that. There's no law against that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the things that says to me, I know Joseph, you shared with me a while back, was that when you came to Atlanta, you knew you wanted to rap. Yeah. Right. And 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 I think that that's really fascinating to me because, you know, obviously your name is Joseph, so we're not trying to be too spiritual. But the reality, right? You had the dream before you got here, mm-hmm. and you right. got here, yeah. and you, too, you, you know, you had the dream before you had you got here, and you immediately got a job as a housekeeper at a hospital, right? <laughs> like I'm going to move to this city where entertainment is starting to buzz, and I have this passion, and I and then when I came here a couple of times before that, it was to do it a was rap do. show, mm-hmm. and then I get here. And I'm at a hospital as a housekeeper. And so for me, one of the things that just jumps out to me is saying, you know, the pursuit of the dream and the pursuit of what you believe you're supposed to do doesn't lead to the next step feeling like a linear progression forward. Mm. And, and, you know, and even though it was, it didn't it doesn't feel like it all the time. And so that's fascinating to me. So you volunteer at a church. Yes. While you're at the job as a housekeeper at the hospital. Mm-hmm. 
But I was I knew, night shift. Night I was, shift. I was, I was going in at 9 p.m. and getting off at 7 a.m. Mm. And then you get offered a job because of the volunteer work, which also I think is a whole other lesson yeah. all by itself about that, that clearly speaks to your work ethic as a free laborer. Right to say I'm 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 noticed as the person working for free. So I would love to just kind of just walk through like so, what is happening in that volunteer experience? Clearly, because obviously you're showing an aptitude for it, because people say when we have an opening, we're going to go to Joseph. Mm-hmm. So walk us through what's happening through the volunteer experience. That first of all may have, I mean made you into the job as well, mm-hmm. but also what part of you was maybe getting engaged in that in that process? Man, this is what I tell a lot of young guys and and ladies that I get a chance to sit with nowadays, and that is, you know, we come out of college and we're like, we expect things to look a certain way. Sure. And uh, I expected the same thing, but I had all these ideas in my head, and I said, now I could either wait until somebody hires me to do them all, or I could just begin to volunteer and share as much as I could, because if I believed in something, why not just try to help any way I could, whether I was getting paid or not? And so in that phase, in those four years, I mean, I was I was meeting with as many people as possible, especially if I loved the program. And I, it was a program called Inside Out that was thousands of high school students kind of coming in and we were creating programming for them. And I was just I would just give ideas. I would go to lunches with people and just say, hey, I think we could do songs like this and we could do videos like this. And I wasn't looking to get a check. I wasn't looking to get hired. I was just like, hey, I believe in it. I want to serve it. I want to continue to volunteer. But while I'm here, I'm more than just a mentor to 12 guys. I think I had about 15 guys at the time that I was mentoring, I said, I also have these awesome creative ideas. And I was just more dead set than saying everything that's inside. I want to just give it, I want to give it away. And, and I don't really care if I was being hired at that point. I mean, obviously in my head, I was thinking I would love an opportunity to do this more, but I'm more focused on what experience can we create tomorrow that could impact these students of tomorrow. And mm-hmm. so I think I was, I was really focused on that. And then I think down the road, people begin to see, Hey, um, they're not selfish and stingy with their ideas mm-hmm. and that they're willing to share and that they don't need credit. I didn't need, I wasn't asked. I just, I just want to see these creative ideas come to life. No credit needed because in reality, I don't get the I didn't get the credit for the idea anyways. I know where it came from. So uh, that was one of the big techniques I feel like uh, I probably leveraged in that day. And, and how did, what, I think what you're also describing, Joseph, is persistence to the dream. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the obstacles, the challenges, sometimes the dream seems so far away. Yeah. How, are there tips that you just, I mean, you know, some people look, like I'll, I'll get up, I have a picture of kind of where I want to be going. I look at the picture for mm-hmm. a minute every day. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a good thing or do, but it, it's, it seals in my mind, here's where I want to go. Are there tips or something that that as you're at the, at the hospital, as you're, mm-hmm. you know, doing, Great question. Is, is there tips on persistence to the dream? Yeah, I think the first tip I would say is, uh, is explore uh, and find something that pushes your boundaries. You know, coming from a small town, uh, Atlanta's pretty wide and there's many different sides to Atlanta. So I think even just choosing where to live, that was my first thing. I said, wow. I want to choose a, uh, uh, an area of town that's foreign to me. That's going to expand and push me in new ways anyways. And then I want to begin to find uh, events or things that begin to challenge the way I see creativity. So the first thing I did was say, hey, I want to be a student and I want to learn uh, in that season. So it's not just me just waiting. It's me actually learning, preparing myself to kind of fill up with a lot more knowledge. Uh, and then, yeah, I would say in that season, it, it just, I think every season you're in, uh, there's something to be learned. 
And that was just the easiest way I could think of it. I was like, even at the hospital, I feel like I learned a lot of things that I still use today in creativity when it comes to how to how to create messaging for hurt people, mm. how to create messaging for people who might be at rock bottom. I just feel like every season, no matter where you are, you'd be working at Chick-fil-A and you could end up with tons of ideas just based on your interaction with so many people every single day. I so, I mean, that's what art is. Uh, that's where that's where uh, business kind of lies is how, how to create. Uh, a product that consumers actually want to to purchase. And so all of it lies in your experience with people. So when you begin to see life like that, you realize that where I'm at right now is preparing me for whatever your dream may be. And hopefully you can begin to see it like that. So, yeah, I do have another question. It kind of, it's a, it's a small follow up to Jeff's question. And that is, once again, I'm, I'm thinking strictly as an outsider at this point, right? My friend leaves home or my son leaves home yep. to pursue a dream that he that we saw traction on that gave him the confidence to make the leap. He feels looks like there's a setback. He's not doing his path. He's not doing his dream. He finds another job that might be a great job. He's helping people. He's working in a church, and he might enjoy the work, but still not the dream. But yep. he's still but he's still talking to us about the dream, right? Yes. Like so, I'm sure everyone around you still knows. Hey, Joseph wants to be a rapper. Yeah. Joseph wants to do music for a living, and they they're looking around you, seeing this traction in, in, a, in a path that probably doesn't look at the lines. How do you mental? How did you mentally stay? How did you? How did you not block out? Because not negativity, right? Because people care <laughs> about you. So how did you protect yourself from starting to believe what maybe others around you start to believe about your path? Right? Like, Man, oh yeah, Joseph, you're gonna have a church. You're gonna be a preacher, right? I mean, I'm, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm assuming there are a lot of people who just saw a lot of other paths for you beyond the one you take. Oh beyond yeah, the one you took. So how did you guard your own mind? In that time to make sure you kept the main thing, the main thing as far as your focus. Okay, so that's, there's, there's, there's two answers to that question. Please. That's a, that's a good one because I didn't always do that well. Um, I think in that season, I began to jump out of my comfort zone and say, I want to push myself. And so I started speaking a lot in schools, FCA programs, and just saying I want to help and kind of develop this this skill of speaking. That's awesome. Uh, and I was still making music. I I don't think people were caring about it at that time, uh, but I was making it for me. I said, hey, if you love making music, it doesn't matter if anyone's buying it. Just keep making music, and maybe one day it'll resonate with people. I could have never pictured it would resonate in the way down the road that it did. But so all of a sudden, I would say six years in, people begin to take to the music. Suddenly, at the same time, uh, people are also taken to speaking. Now, I came to Atlanta, and I wanted to be a rapper. I wanted to be like a Jay-Z or, or a Kanye or whoever. And so in my mind, I saw my life one way. I said, this is the only. And yeah, I picked up this extra skill of speaking because I just felt like, why not add, you know, push myself and get out of my comfort zone? But when people began to say, we want you to be a speaker or we want you to speak more, I, I, view, I viewed it as uh, they were attacking me wow. for what my dream was. Was. Huh. And so I, I got to be at times bitter because I said, I don't want to be a speaker. I want to be a rapper. I only did that so that I couldn't just be sitting around for four years doing nothing. I wanted something else to challenge myself with. Wow. And so I didn't handle it always well. Um, I could have never pictured that God would leverage uh, both uh, skills and say, hey, I don't want. And here, here's one great thing I, I learned um, that rap is speaking. That was just the reality I had to find. I said, rap is just speaking with music. In fact, rap is rhythm and poetry. So literally, I'm like, it's speaking with just a beat. So I learned that. And once I was able to really be like, this is this is just speaking with music, and this is speaking without music. Why are you so upset about this not lining up with what you have in your head, which is honestly a whole other podcast, because that's what I feel like we all wrestle with. But once I let that go and realize, hey, maybe... Maybe uh, there is a path with that. I was willing to begin, begin to say, hey, maybe there's even more. Hmm. Now, once I let go of just one road, I was I was meant to come down here for one road. Once I let go of the dream of just one road, I began to say, well, well, well how many roads are there? And then I'm like, well, maybe there's writing. 
and mm-hmm. maybe they're speaking and maybe there's also consulting. And that's where I began to really walk into this new chapter of how to think and how to really begin to say, hey, what are, what are the ways I can connect with, with this next generation where they are and meet them where they are uh, in creative ways and through ideas? Wow. That's awesome. Well, let's fast forward to today. And so one of the things we talk about at Launch University is we want to help people take their idea, turn it into reality, and yep. sustain it. And so you've done that. Uh, the other thing we talked about this on the podcast is there's a difference between a hobby and a business. A hobby costs you money. A business makes you money. So yep. it's one of the things say, hey, I'm good at photography, or I want to be a painter. Okay, that's awesome. But you got to make sure if you want to make that your profession, you got to turn it from a hobby to a business. Mm-hmm. You've done that. Mm-hmm. So there's the business side of this as well. Absolutely. That many artists aren't as excited about or struggle with. So what on the business side have you learned? How have you structured this so that this is now, I mean, it's your passion, but 100%. it's your business as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, it starts with the passion. You have a passion and then you say, I want this to become a profession. And, uh, and that's an interesting turn. Uh, it's, it's a different mindset. At times, you, you, you need to begin to do things to keep it a passion and not turn it into more just a job. Uh, once I was able to figure that out, I really realized circle yourself with people who are outside um, a council, so a council of people who are who are wise, who've been doing business before you. And that's something to hold you accountable because, yes, I'm the boss, and, yes, it's it's my company that I'm now forming, but I wanted an outside uh, perspective. And Andy Stanley said something that was really great, and I always love it, and I wrote it down and kind of use it as my compass is your – your personal ambition at some point will conflict with your company's mission. And it's so easy as an artist to be like, I just want to, I want to do what I want to do. And I want to, I want to release this and I want to release this. I don't want to release this. And my first two years, I was just releasing stuff and we were just losing money. And I mean, I was like, but I want to do it. This is from my passion. And I quickly learned, I said, Hey, that's not how a company works. Now you, you have every right to continue to explore these roads, but when you're pulling your company into that, uh, that's a different discussion. And sure enough, my counsel was saying, this is not a wise, you haven't worked through this idea yet. Uh, there's a difference between an idea and really a launch. And that was where I began to realize, hey, when you're preparing for a launch of something, there's many more tiers to it than just a cool idea that you think is going to be uh, effective and, and, and connected with people's hearts. But can they plug in? Can they interact with it? Can they use it? Uh, will they be able to continually use it and sustain mm-hmm. it? So I think that's where I began to learn about that. And that's where I began to shift my mind and say, okay, now it's more than just my passions. Now it's more about how do I create things that people can actually find helpful, useful, beneficial, uh, in, inspiring and all those things. And it was because I think there were a lot of great businessmen that challenged me and say, right now you're in your feelings. And I'm like, no, but this is going to be incredible. <laughs> Do you see it? And then they're going to be, and they're going to love it. Like, they're going to love it. But what, 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 are they, what do they love? What can they do with it? What, what are they going to take? What, what's tangible? And I'm like, mm-hmm. it's a feeling. It's a, it's a, and, I, and, I, and, and they said, no, it's more than just you take that feeling and you leverage it to be able to put something in their hands. That's what they really are going to cherish. And I began to say, okay, so an idea is not done yet. Now the idea is the beginning, and then you got to do all the stuff that us creatives sometimes don't like doing, and that is working out strategy and working out, uh, you know, uh, all the logistics parts that we're just like, oh, just why am I in this meeting? But it's so <laughs> beneficial down there. I can't for every for every launcher out there. It's the 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 pre 
the, the, the stuff that happens on that front end, all those pre-planning meetings, I know they're grueling, but trust me, when you, when you launch something without time that you didn't prepare in the front end, there's nothing worse than launching it and then realizing everything you missed and being like, we should have taken more time to think about this, 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 and this, because now people love it, but there's no way that they can be connected to it. And that is a terrible feeling. You've got everybody in the air in the plane and you never thought about the landing. And that mm. is a tough, tough place to be. Wow. That's, man, that, that's fantastic. I think um, one of the things I, I'm taking away from what you just said is this reality of saying, when I want to create something, and it, it can be selfish. I mean, not, not in a negative <laughs> way, but it like can. the idea itself can be like, hey, I like this idea. I'm excited about this idea. But the very act of trying to make it a profession requires a certain level of selflessness because now you're saying, I have to because many people want and it helps them mm-hmm. and solves a need in their lives. And I think that's one of the really cool parts of really about turning your passion into profession is that there is this transformation, right? Of saying, yeah. I have to take what I'm passionate about, but I have to make sure it's helpful to you too. Yes. Otherwise, this is dead in the water. Yep. And so that's really compelling to me. I guess one of the questions I have now really is, is really more related to leadership. Um, because I think, I mean, I know you have someone who works with you and you've, you've, you've used a lot of contractors, but I know you have like big project teams on various work you yep. do. And as a, once again, as a person who got into this because of your own passion, mm-hmm. and you are typically the 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 initiator of the idea, so now I'm trying to get all the people about on on board with a project that's really my idea. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, in the, in, in the most fundamental sense, it's my idea, and I'm going to get you. But but it's so creative in nature that it's not accounting. No offense to accountants out there, right? But Joseph's not saying, hey go do the spreadsheet. He's like, hey, go build out this video yeah. that started in my head. Go yep. build this song that started in my head. Mm-hmm. And that's, in my mind, that sounds really hard to communicate. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I always love to just understand just a little bit about how you try to communicate your, what, what you've learned works when it comes to communicating your creative ideas to other people around you. I think there are plenty of people who might have ideas about design or the way they want their logo to look or their website to look that may not be in a, your space, but they have creative communications that are just hard to communicate, hard to pass on someone else so yeah i would just love to kind of get any wisdom from you in that regard oh i think you've got to focus people in the right direction and so every single time i sit down with a young or more mature creative i'll, I'll say and a lot of times it's creative I, I work with some business people too but mainly it's creatives i'll say hey how do you see the world that's my first question I, tell me if you could paint the perfect picture of the world how would you see it and typically they'll begin to go and they'll say i think this i think this and then my second question is always do you think you can do that alone and, and, and rarely can anyone do it alone. If they say yes, they probably aren't going to be a good fit uh, working working alongside our company. Uh, but oftentimes they'll say, no, there's no way we can do it alone. And that's the first step, I think, in saying uh, this is this is the world that we all want to see. And I, and I can tell you, uh, you know, uh, a million dreams, uh, so to say, as great as showman. I have all the colors in my head, a million dreams keep me awake at night of what the world could be. But I'm also where I can't do it. So it's not just about all the ideas that are in my head. It's about the ideas that are in Jeff's head. It's about the ideas that are in your head that I understand all are required to make the world that we all see in our head. And so I think there's this beautiful world that that could be if people begin working together and and the potential we have to create together is way more than the potential I have for myself. So when I'm with uh, the creative, because we're all selfish by nature, we all have our idea. We're like this. Thank you for your idea. My idea is the one that we need to go with. In those moments, I say, hey, Let's focus back on the world. We understand that, hey, your idea is good, but this idea has worth too. And it takes us all being selfless and saying we have to continue to fight for the best projects that continue to push people forward and lead people towards purpose. And so, yeah, I have, I've had to give up a lot of great ideas because I realized that there was another idea in the room that, that was better strategically 
Or there was another idea in the room that was just better. <laughs> and I had to just admit it and say, yeah, that's a better idea. And now I want to stop thinking about what I was thinking about. And I want to begin thinking about how to help you uh, achieve that incredible idea. Because I think people will find that really helpful. And I think once you begin to think like that, uh, you begin to realize it takes a team. We all need to have that mindset in those moments where I'm like, I don't want to see the way you see it. Uh, I think that's where we have to stop, get a breather and just say, hey. Let's get back to the big picture. We got to do this for the world. So it's not about what we want. And along those lines, you're one of the most creative people I know. Are there, is there like, that's a great creative tip, but are there other tips that you use to bring oh, out yeah. ideas? Uh, space. Hmm. Busyness is the, is the killer of creativity. And so I just thought, you know, we were living in a culture where it was like, it was cool to say you're busy. Oh, I'm so busy. I'm just really busy. And, uh, and I began to kind of, kind of make it the my trophy like how busy can I get because that'll show my level of success and then I just realized that my creativity was just becoming stale mm -hmm. uh, and I just wasn't able to hear my own heart uh, less known uh, the you know I believe a lot of creativity comes from the creator and so I, I was always saying hey I need to create the space to be able to have this time to just kind of be quiet listen and wait and i think the greatest decisions uh the greatest ideas come when you create less distraction and so turning my phone off and getting that alone time uh now it's i think it's cool to say rest i think rest is the new hustle as somebody said the other day and i thought well that's, that's like a book title rest mm -hmm. is the new hustle. um but literally i do think that is the new that is the a great concept to begin thinking in that realm of take the rest uh know that you need to ask for help uh, every idea can't be done by yourself. The second lesson I learned was it's easy to hold your idea and just be like, I don't want anyone to touch it until I've got everything just right. And then I'm going to just release it when, when I've made all my decisions. And now, as soon as I begin to think of an idea, I invite people into the process and say, hey, let me get comfortable with criticism early uh, before I get married to everything right. and then and then have to deal with criticism later because it will come. It's going to come <laughs> right, right before you launch or right after you launch. But you need to, it's better, the earlier you can get comfortable with other people's opinions of your idea, the better off you'll be down the road and being a professional creative. I love that. I mean, I think that's, and I think that we, we hear on the podcast say feedback is your friend. Yeah. And it takes a while to recognize it's a friend. <laughs> initially, <laughs> initially, like, man, I don't want feedback in the room. <laughs> feedback is always on, it's always in my ear and I don't need it. But, um, and I know this, I mean, I am actively working on that. I feel like there are these moments where I just receive feedback so much better than others. And, and I'm almost like, what mindset was I in at that moment so I can recreate that moment, me, my state more frequently to get feedback as it's coming to me. So first of all, Joseph, I, I mean, you know this, and, I, and I'm going to say this on a podcast so that you now, you, I mean, the whole world knows it. I have so much respect for you um, as a person, um, as a friend, and, and my appreciation for you is so immense. Joseph uh, has given me the pleasure a couple of times. He he humors me and lets me DJ for him oh, a couple of times. So a couple, great times. A couple of times, he'll, he'll let me go out on the road with him and, and DJ. People <laughs> are like, Kevin DJ? Yes, I DJ. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm not the best DJ, but Joseph is very patient with me. But you know, you, you take it seriously. That's, <laughs> you you create an experience. Well, I, I Kevin try. takes everything seriously. Yeah. I try. That's a compliment. Well, you know what, Joseph. Joseph does such a great job, and I want to make sure that I represent him well. But at the end of the day, it's it's just a pleasure to, to know you. I mean, really, it's, it's it's so inspiring, and there's so much of your story we didn't get into. The fact that you were leading the night shift crew at your at the house as a housekeeper, right? So I go to the. Mm -hmm. It feels very Joseph like. I mean, your mom really was prophetic in that moment to say, "I'm going to put my son in a name where you constantly rise in any situation you're in, man." And it's, like I said, it's a pleasure for sure. You know, you guys are too young, but there was a. There was a show, Sesame Street, where they had this game. Which of these 
three things do not belong. Uh, I feel that way right now because you're a DJ. He's a rapper. I'm not a <laughs> anything. So, um, so I'm honored to be here. But both of you guys are doing amazing things, and uh, uh, I'm cheering both of you guys on. But Joseph, we're man, the future's bright. Oh. And I think God's honoring your faithfulness in those early days. We also talk about at Launch University, do not despise the days of humble beginnings because mm. that's where you're grown and stretched, and those are the lessons that you – you learn, and that's really the they become their hard days. But at some point along the journey, oh, yeah. they become the fond days. Oh, remember they, when? Oh, remember know. when? Oh mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. Yeah. So Joseph, for those who are interested in hearing your music, connecting with you as a communicator, and seeing how you could add value to their events, I know you do things with Tim Elmore and growing uh, growing leaders. I mean, you you do a lot. So mm-hmm. how can they connect with you? Uh, if you've got next generation uh, students or leaders, I love to talk to them. But uh, josephsojourner.com pretty much has everything you need. That's that's the best place. If you're looking for some music, Joseph Sojourner iTunes. So and that'll get you connected in with me. Whether you want, well, whether I can come out and help and support you, or whether you just want to follow along on the adventure. That's awesome. Well, we'll have all that in the show notes for you. So I want to remind all of you, um, we have show notes. We do the hard work for you every week of making sure you don't have to take notes while you're driving or doing your workout or if you're in the carpool line with the kids, wherever you are right now, if you go to Launch University, that's youuniversity.com slash podcast, you'll find every episode and you'll find this one as well. And we make sure that you can uh, easily get to Joseph from there. Um, as well, if you like this podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, I keep saying that, uh, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, tune in wherever you uh, get your podcasts. And the last thing is we'd love for you to rate it. I mean, we have some some decent ratings and reviews. I was checking them out recently. Why? Because I want to hear what you think, because feedback is our friend as well. And so we want your feedback. If something we can do to improve, there's a guest you want to reach out to. We actually got an email yesterday, actually, um, from a listener who said, hey, these are five people you need to talk to. And we he are very appreciative of that. So if you go on our website, fill out the form, let us know. We want to highlight people who we can all learn from because we want to help you grow on the go and we're all better together. So um, so on behalf of Jeff and the rest of the team, we want to thank you for listening and we'll see you next week on the Launch University Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Launch University Podcast. We hope it's helped you move from go-getter to difference maker. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. For more helpful resources, visit launchuniversity.com.